exist. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Spoiler Rep 48. This is a Star Trek Spoiler Rep. Real quick, we numbered two 46s. So the, <laughs> so the second one is technically 47. So this is Spoiler Rep 48, and we're doing Star Trek Beyond. Yes. Uh, if you're new to the Spoiler Reps, what we are doing, we're talking about one film, Star Trek Beyond. We're going to talk about everything, the ending, key elements. So if you have not seen the movie and don't want key points ruined, um, wait. Stop listening. <laughs> Um, some people that don't understand what podcasts are like, oh man, you did a spoiler, you fucking ruined it for people. Like, no, you can download and choose to listen yeah. to it and we explain it's in the title. Hold it. Hold it and then watch the movie, then come back. Yeah, we didn't yell it out of a, of like, we didn't fly a plane or like a blimp around that says this ending in front of uh, people that didn't want to choose to see it. Like, yes. Yeah. Although that, that is a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> So we're assuming you guys are smart enough to understand how to yes. download a thing. That's why you're listening to this and you're not a moron that doesn't know what a podcast is. And also, um, a lot of people I like getting the feedback saying, well, I was never going to see this movie anyway, so spoil away. Yeah. Um, so it is just Chris and I on this show speaking. Yes. Um, Matt Weinhold is working. He <laughs> didn't get a chance to see uh, Star Trek yet. But uh, now one thing and we, we can't say, have Jackie on every yeah, spoiler yeah. Up, as much as we love her. Um, so one of the things that you're probably wondering, hey, what happened to the Comic-Con episode? Well, the Comic-Con episode oh, got lost in the ether. This was a very unfortunate accident. We were recording very late and the Zoom fell, I'd say, during the mic check. And uh, the input got changed. From uh, the microphone from the to the, like, if you plug, because a Zoom, you might not know this. If you have a Zoom, you can plug external microphones yes. into it. It has built-in microphones and then it has two lines, uh, line one, line two. So we had it on the mic button. We yeah. were testing it. And then the, the, the Zoom fell and it hit the input so we had an hour and three minutes of silence. Yes. Of so, nothing. And I, so when I checked it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's still recording. Everything's yeah, everything's good. recording, recording. Yeah. Um, you know, not realizing that it was recording silence and not us running our mouths. And it's also midnight, so we weren't... Yeah, perhaps uh, we weren't as sharp as we would normally be. <laughs> so, it, was, it was past midnight. <laughs> it was past midnight. We had just done a two and a half hour panel. Yeah, so we were a little punchy. We're and, really uh, sorry. It was a great conversation with was, Rick Myers, so Eric Jacobus, and Neil T. Weekly about the state of action movies. Yeah, I'm sorry you guys weren't there. Oh, <laughs> and I'm sorry we lost it. it it's you know there's always that podcast episodes that you lose we haven't lost one in a while it's three or four years yeah but uh, this one set Oklahoma City is the last episode we lost yeah so uh, we just can't leave the garage <laughs> So apologies for that, believe me. Uh, but we will uh, we will do another one next year. And we're sorry to Neil, Eric, and Rick for yes. keeping you up till one in the morning. To... Yeah, apologies all around. But so the iPhone Extra on this week's episode is the first thirty seconds, <laughs> and then you hear the thing fall, ah, ah, and then dead and then si silence. silence. Yeah. So that's so that's the extra you'll hear for the in the app. So yeah. make sure you check that out. Yeah, <laughs> so it'll prove that we weren't lying. Listen to the. Uh, <laughs> Watch the, the the car wreck as it happens. Um, so Star Trek. Now, um, here's what I found fascinating. I think I actually enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. And I know, I, and I was going into it with really low expectations, and I tried to stay neutral on it. And I was like, mm, it's just a bad taste in my mouth from the last one. So, uh, like I said on the um, 
regular episode. I uh, thought it was a step in the right direction. It was a small step. Uh, too many things blew up, but still, it was. I was pleasantly surprised. Now, I will say, as we get into like the ending, like uh, one of the things that felt a little tacked on was Spock dying, and um, you know our younger Spock taking the news. And But also, shouldn't it have been a little bit of a more nuanced reaction? I understand he's a Vulcan and only half human, can't really show emotion. But because it wasn't just Spock dying, it was him dying because that was his future self. He knows so, now when he's going to die. You know, yeah. Isn't like, wasn't there a lot more to be said or <laughs> to, to process than... Uh, uh, although I will say there was like a photo in Spock's um, belongings, and it was the old original cast of you know the the original series, and that really I got like a ping of nostalgia when I saw that. I thought that was cool. The other thing I was thinking too is he's looking at this like, oh, we don't we don't look like any of those people in that photo. <laughs> <laughs> I you know. As I said in the regular episode, it's a very good action movie. It's not a good Star Trek movie. Right. And, and that is a valid criticism. Uh, you know, I'm glad that they sort of, you know, they had to give, you know, they had to sort of do an homage to Leonard Nimoy because yes. he passed away last year. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get a chance to do much of a of one for, uh, I forget the kid who played Chekhov that passed away in the car accident, which was... Anton Yelchin. Yeah, Anton Yelchin, mm-hmm. which was, you know, he was 27. And that was really sad. That was a freak I, accident. It was horrible. And I and he's a really, he, he was a really good young actor. My guess is they just didn't have the time to put that into the story. I'd also like to know what the, what like... Uh, like, you know, like, how quickly does that decision be made? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, well, he passed away. Well, we're not going to do anything in this movie. We're not going to announce his, you know, right. what happened to him in the next movie. Like, like, well, maybe give it a little time to process. Maybe there's something else you might think. Like, you know, the Paul well, Walker thing, they had a little more time. And they, what yeah. I really liked the way they, um, uh, what they did at the end of that film. I thought it was really interesting. Because you got to understand, this, this, this kid passed away like a month or so ago with the movies done yeah, they're just exactly. doing they're in the middle mm-hmm. of marketing like uh, that was that was a tough thing yeah it doesn't have to be right away mm-hmm. you could have a tribute to him in the next film it's okay yeah. it doesn't have to be immediate so i'll say this my, my problem with the film with all three of these jj abrams movies is they just aren't star trek movies they're not star trek they're not yeah. smart enough they don't have enough social commentary and, and the specifics i want to get into on this episode and that's a valid criticism these are dumbed down star trek yeah they're properties, just properties look movies, star yeah. trek was always action it was it was fun it was cool but it had really great messages mm-hmm. so first i want to address the, some of the things that they did correctly so the problem with the original series it was very sexist and, and you know kirk was just out there <laughs> just right waxing as much tail intergalactically yes. as he possibly yep. could so in this movie i like that so the 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 alien woman um uh which was the character was jayla which was played by sophia uh bautella so she's an attractive alien but i'm glad that they never sexualized her right she was just nobody fell in love with her she was just tough she was a badass she'd be out there surviving she joined them and at the end of the movie her reward is not, you get a husband or something. Right. You get to join Starfleet. Right. You get to get an education. You get mm-hmm. to become, a, you know, a science officer, engineering, whatever you want to be. And that was like, well, that was really cool. And that's the thing that they've changed in these three JJ, that, that, that they've done a good job with, I think. Right. Um, is that, you know, the greatest reward she can receive is an education, not a wedding ring, you know? Right. And, and, um, 
So that was really cool. Um, the I remember that uh, reminds me of a moment uh, in. Uh, I remember like Star Trek is they've had many series over the years, and some of them uh, are better than others. Right. Like, remember Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deep Space Nine was probably the most uneven of all. There are some amazing episodes, and there's some also uh, an amazing amount of unbelievably boring right. and terrible episodes. Right. But there was one moment I remembered um, that speaks to this moment like this, and this is what what I loved would be classic Star Trek, is that uh, there's Ferengis. The Ferengi runs the mm-hmm. bar, and they're always like you know the greedy misers of the universe. Right. You never see one in Starfleet. Um, they're put upon or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, one of them had a kid. And the kid wanted to join Starfleet. And, you know, the head of, uh, the head of the space stations was like, no, you know, that's, uh, you don't want to do this. All right, you're serious. Then inventory everything in this warehouse. And he did it. And then there was a confrontation at the end and where the commander of, the Star, of Deep Space Nine um, said, well, why do you want to join Starfleet? And he couldn't get the answers. Like, why do you want to join Starfleet? And finally, this Frankie kid broke down and said, because of my father. My father is a brilliant engineer, and he will never be more than an attendant at the bar. And uh, it was that kind of moment, like in Star Trek, and then the uh, um, the commander of Deep Space Nine, I'm forgetting his name, um, said, okay. And then he um, he signed like a petition to have him join Starfleet. He was the first Ferengi to join Starfleet. But it was those kind of moments and those kinds of like almost like introspective moments that started off in this movie with Kirk thinking about what he's doing out there, what he's doing mm-hmm. with his life, but then then it's just replaced by explosions. Like, the whole movie should be that. I know, it really, it really... You can still have explosions periodically, that's fine, yeah. but, you know, you can't... All right, well, now the, the thinky-talky part is done, now we're just going to blow stuff up for, for the next uh, 60 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's like the... You know, they do good things like the casting of the that, that Iranian actress, I'm, I know I'm going to butcher, butcher her name, apologize in advance, Shorey Agdashalu, who plays the... Uh, she plays like a Commodore. She's like a, a high-ranking Starfleet official right. at, the, mm-hmm. at the, like, space station... Uh, and she's also she's also a really good actress, um, so so they do stuff like that, which is cool. Um, but then everything else was just sort of tacked on again, like like you said, they introduced this Kirk's like you know soul searching you know uh, existential crisis that can right. happen when you're on a spaceship for five years, right? Uh-huh. And that's never addressed. No one in right. the early series goes, "You might go fucking nuts out right, there." Exactly. You know, like there's other people. You have a crew, but that's not the same. And that ship's gonna get small, right? After a year, you know. Mm. And um, so that's interesting. But then, so like, um, let's go. So so there's a there was a lot, and we talked about it on on the two episodes episode 330 um about sulu being gay yes so i like how they show which was boiled down to one scene it was one scene so i was like and i was talking about this because i I was like man they should have done more with that but then a point was made like well they didn't make a big meal out of it which actually isn't that the world we want to live in where it's not like oh wow a gay couple it's just oh there's a couple right and we don't care if they're Asian or gay or right. straight or whatever. And that was the intention. Uh, however. George, George Takai didn't like this. It, it came across, and here's why it didn't work. Because if you look at the overall character development of all the characters, there was nothing there. Like, it was, it was uh, like we're trying to show character traits of each of these characters, 
but we're barely showing anything. It's like you have the yeah. name, and then solo. Okay, he's he's was the navigator, and he's gay. That's like literally his character traits. You know, Chekhov is Russian and young. And we found out he likes scotch yeah, instead of scotch. vodka. Yeah. So so you have a. Uh, um, you know, and then you have a little bit with Spock and Bones. You have that's like where the character development actually shines a little bit, but you know that's based on you know the original series. But again, everything gets glanced glanced over, and uh, glossed over really. So the problem becomes that we're trying to develop these characters, but we're not really developing them at all. No, it's, we just uh, inter- we just it's just this we're giving so- them names, and we're gonna we're gonna cut to them periodically to see what they're doing, and we're just gonna throw this thing in there. Like I understand why. So George Takai publicly did not like the fact that Sulu was gay. And the point that he made, and I, and I tend to agree with him, he goes, have a gay character in Starfleet. Awesome. First, don't change Sulu. Now, obviously, he's he's very attached to that character. Yes. <laughs> um, but he's like, and, and, and Simon Pegg, I guess, responded like, well, that's, you know, I'm disappointed in, 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 in George Takai's response. And I get what he's saying. Like, if you're going to have a gay character... And again, this is this is not this is a subtle. Th- it's 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 not easy to do, but just have have the because the point of Star Trek was was you know Gene Roddenberry's like let's the human race figured it out in right. the future. We solved our problem. Lieutenant Uhura was on the bridge. Not one character ever went up and why do you have a black lady oh, on the bridge? Never referred to. It's <laughs> yeah. just she's a lieutenant. Yeah. That's this is how this is how things are in the this future. is nobody yeah. nobody gives a shit. Right. And so nobody should give a shit that there's a gay guy working you know, as as I forget Sulu's what is Navigator. Navigator. Right. I think he's a navigator. Um I, again, who knows what anybody's job was in the new movie. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they a couple people sat on the bridge in a chair. Yeah, chairs, that's all. That's all we. And we, we just knew. there was so much we didn't learn. So even Idris Elba, so like like Spock, he's the science officer. Mm-hmm. Would you ever know that from this? No, they were just and 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 we talk a little bit about you know Spock. Scott is the engineer because he was in the engineering room. That's it. Yeah, we didn't learn any personal thing about much of them at all. And there's still the remnants of the Uhuru, uh, Uhura Spock relationship. Yes. which that was the problem I had in the last movie was. You know, in the in the in the series, you know, she's a badass, and Zoe Saldana can so she's so good at playing a tough, strong yes. yet somewhat sensitive. Like, look at her look at her character in Guardians of the Galaxy, badass criminal, right? And you saw moments of her softening up a right. little bit like mm-hmm. that. And there's those funny scenes where like oh, you can't fool me with your pelvic sorcery and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's funny stuff. Who was strong? I mean. The first interracial kiss on TV was between Kirk and her. And, like, this just seemed like, well, oh, we're dating, we're breaking up. Like, it was just like, ah. High schooly. High schooly. Like, <laughs> like get past that. And then, um, you, so Idris Elba is the main bad guy, and he's a fine actor, and he does a good job as a villain. Now, here's one thing I was would say that I was really, like, a little, um, uh, like a little th- something that didn't mesh for me is uh, I thought when I saw him first as a villain, cool new alien race. They have a different way of speaking right. and intonation. And this is how he learned English. And then you realize, oh no, he was a he was a Starfleet officer. And I'm like, well, then why why was he talking that way? And why is he morphed? <laughs> like I didn't understand. Yeah, at the there end was of a couple the- weird like things. I'm like, oh, were these things just kind of thrown in at the end? Well, that's the thing. At the end of the movie, then. 
He changes his appearance to look like a regular Starfleet officer. And he changes periodically throughout the movie where he's getting like energy from the other humans and then like the things in his head go in and out. <laughs> You're like, well, what's, what are we trying to do here? When, did it, when was it established that he could just change form, that he's right. a shapeshifter or whatever and yeah. go back to his original form of a human? Right. I didn't understand that. None yeah. of that was explained. And, and why, the, would, why would you talk with a weird accent when you were, <laughs> if you can change? And, and also it, it, his reasoning... So he was a, he was a, a, a you know a, a commander of a ship that was he felt was abandoned by Starfleet so that fueled his revenge and his rage. It just felt like it's so tacked on. So like, hey, let's just take a generic version of Khan. Yeah, like some uh, like I don't know if I needed that quote twist. Yeah, it, it, why? How about just he wants power and then he's got this. You know, that uh, one of those medallions from the Thor Marvel movies, you know what I mean? The, he's got an infinity stone. He's got an infinity stone that just can destroy everything. And I was yeah. just like, ah. and again, it's, it's, it's such, it's as an action movie, if I wasn't that vested in the, in the Star Trek world, like, oh, this was fun. Right. Yeah. Idris Elba was a great actor. He Actually, it. that's interesting. It has the exact amount of character development for an action movie. Just it, just like yeah. barely mm-hmm. enough. Right. And, and I'm sorry, but like. It's not enough for a Star Trek. You talk Trek about movie. that episode of Deep Space Nine. You talk about those episodes of Star Trek Voyager with Kate right. Mulgrew. She was the first female. Mm-hmm. And and that was a big deal. All those episodes of of Next Generation that dealt right. with all these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we even talked about it on the regular episode of Undiscovered Country of like, right. oh, the Klingons are the garbage of the galaxy. Yeah. And a black man says that. Right. So like the human race has evolved past all of its racist yeah. problems, but then we're racist towards aliens. Right, exactly. And it's like, what a great commentary. And that, that's that's where I just was like- You know what's interesting too is the- uh, I mean, I had, Trek- I had fun. Yeah, of course. I had fun yeah. at this movie, but I sort of left going- I felt like I just watched a Mission Impossible movie. Right, it had that feel to it. You just kind of sure. go, yeah, sweet, woohoo. But as soon as I saw Justin Lin, I'm thinking, oh, well, this is going to be like a Star Trek and Furious. Like, I thought there'd be even less than there was. <laughs> Star Trek and Furious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, Gene Roddenberry was directly involved in the initial Star Trek series and Next Generation. He mm-hmm. was directly involved with those. After that, after when he passed away, the other ones he wasn't obviously directly involved in. But. Um, there are just some classic episodes in every series. Now, Enterprise, I didn't really get into, or Voyager as much. Um, but uh, but even Deep Space Nine, like I said, had its moments. Um, I think the original and Next Generation were still my favorites out of all the series. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a new one coming up. So we'll see what they do with the new series. And I hope they kind of go back to the roots a little bit. Uh, but the main staples of Star Trek were... Basically, morality plays in character development really mm-hmm. is w- what you looked at. You, like you wanted to learn more about Spock and what his basically what his upbringing was and, you know, how he goes through his mating rituals and all like why right. he keeps turning the ship around and has to go to Parfor, what is it, Parfor or Parfor yeah. or whatever that was. Like, uh, but also, you know, Kirk, even the movies like when, you know, Kirk loses his son and, you know, all these uh, all these great moments. I mean, granted, the Star Trek movies were also hit or miss. You know, the, well, yeah, uh, that's the the, the yeah. even ones are horrible. That's yeah. the that's the thing. Yeah, but, but the but, next but, generation but, one with the Borg is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and also action heavy, but right. still never lost the character development and you know that and that the, human kind of searching. The purpose of the Borg was very much like like groupthink. 
Yes. And, and hive mind, hive mind and how to get, you know, fighting the hive mind right. and, and how the human brain for all of its faults, that was such a big mm-hmm. thing. And those, those dilemmas. And how do you adapt? You can only shoot them one or two times and then right. they, they, uh, you know, they adjust to the phasers. How do you fight them? Right. And then again, they sort of tacked it on in this episode. There's a scene and it's also in the trailer where, where bones and Spock, you know, Spock is like, it's, it's, Spock is always used as sort of the to make make humans sort of question right mm-hmm. our our emotions and stuff like that when he'd mm-hmm. say why do you guys get why are you being afraid of death is illogical right. and and bone says fear of death keeps you alive right and I was like well that's a great that's a great point mm-hmm. but again it's just and there's a couple like they just sort of tack on a couple of things and they're like well that's cool but then it doesn't get into more like if you go back to undiscovered country Part of Undiscovered Country, Kirk is going to retire. So yeah. he's like, he's facing his mortality. He's wondering, did I do anything with my life? You know, like you... you yeah, he wasn't two years in. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't two years in. And, and that, and that drives a lot of that, his mortality. Am I getting old? Am, should I, am I too old to retire? You know, he's got reading glasses that he's ashamed to use. Right. You know what I mean? Which <laughs> yeah. is, which is great. Um and why, so when Chris Pine is, is they, they introduce that dilemma of, you know, this sort of existential crisis of living in space for five years, but then he just sort of kind of gets over it and then we just kind of move on, you know, and Spock is thinking about, you know, leaving uh, and, and moving on and he never really gets into it and they just sort of like, we go out and we, we fight the bad guys and now nah, we're going to keep doing that. The other thing too is it's like after they... Uh they get through like the adventure. There's nothing in the adventure that would have changed their mind either way. Like, right. like how, how would it, what in this adventure of things blowing up made you change your mind and change your decision? Mm-hmm. It was just like, all right, well, this is the arc we need. It doesn't matter how we get there. Um, Commander S- Benjamin Sisko is the uh, name of uh, the head of Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. I kept forgetting. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, it's, And I think, you know, for if anyone's like, oh, you guys are being too hard on that movie, you know what? No, because Star Trek has established this thing that we've been talking about for 50 years. Right. And it was established and it, and it resonated with people for a reason. And so if you're going to, and I'm all, like when the first J.J. Abrams movie came out, as we talked about, I was like, yeah, bring all these characters back. Mm-hmm. This is great. What I'd like to see more of, and then this is, this is there's nowhere in the studio model that this exists is um, make it a lower budget film and hire more thoughtful directors for to make a start. And Trek also, movie. let's get a fucking script. And it doesn't have to be a tentpole. This right. could be, you know, you could make a great 40 to $50 million Star Trek movie and have it, you know, directed by Barry Soderbergh or somebody, or somebody really mm-hmm. into, like, kind of character development or arcs, or uh, even, like, uh, Darren Aronofsky would mm-hmm. be a great Star Trek director. Like someone who could really kind of get, you know, get into the uh, the the meat and bones of what this franchise really is, instead of just you know slick action directors. Yeah, it's true. They, and I, I really want to. I was hoping to get to. I don't know anything about any of these characters' personal lives. Yeah, only I, what you know from the original series. Only what I know from the original series, and and 
you know, why don't we get to learn more about it? Like, let's get into it. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. like it, it, that. That's what was bothering me, which is why the ending. I was just sort of like, all right, bad guys are defeated, good guys win. Yep. And, oh, what a surprise! Kirk's going to go back onto a ship. Yeah, He's not going to stay. And, the, and that's the other uh, thing. Stop Starbase. fucking blowing up the Enterprise. Yeah, I know. It's almost like an inside. Joke I saw it. I saw it on the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, they blown up the Enterprise? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like again? Mm-hmm. How many times are they going to blow this thing up? As many as it takes. What, as Captain Picard said, there's plenty more letters. Yeah. Yeah. When one blew up. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. Is like at the end, the very end of the movie, they show them like time lapse rebuilding the Enterprise. It's like, yeah, I know right. you guys are making another one. Yeah. And You're also, already in production for it. This is interesting too. Like uh, detaching the saucer section really didn't happen until Next Generation. Like the original series never really had that feature. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, we're going to retcon the engineering of the Enterprise, but that's fine. The, well, here's the know. thing about that. So that so so detaching the saucer, I was like, oh, that's cool that it has that capability, and I remember mm-hmm. that was a Next Gen thing. But they did it at the beginning of the movie, and then everything blew up. And it, it was didn't like, matter. It why? Didn't why matter. Yeah, you're still everything still blew up. Why don't you? Now, I will say this though: I thought the production design on this film was excellent. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a really nice job of staying, like, giving a feeling of nostalgia to the original designs, and also bringing them into the you know the the future. Like, it's interesting when you see the uh, the space station. And you go, all right, I could see like the influences of the old 60s design in mm-hmm. the original series, but there's it was never that elaborate on any episode ever. <laughs> well, no, and none of the movies were that elaborate. No. So, so that stuff is really cool. The problem is, too, is Shatner's Kirk, part of this is for Shatner, but it was also very much so the writing. He was so he, he was so great at like out thinking. Like in Wrath of Khan. Yeah, well, it was gun, gunboat diplomacy, too. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was gunboat <laughs> diplomacy, but also he, and they did a little bit of that. So, so when, when, when Kirk and, um, the, the woman that, that set them up, the alien that set them right. up to go, uh-huh. pers- oh, you got to help my thing. And they go right. chase and, right. and, um, and it was a trap. And I think it was him and Scotty, right? On, in this, in this movie, they trick her. To reveal the location yes. of, uh-huh. of Idris Elba's bad guy gang, mm-hmm. yeah, that was kind of <laughs> cool, gang. and that was like, oh, that's that's some Kirk, right? You know, that's like that's like Wrath of Khan, where he's like, yeah. I don't like to lose, you yeah. know, when he does yeah. that thing, and <laughs> and, uh, and you know, when he's telling about how he beat the uh, the in in Wrath of Kagashi Maru, Kagashi Maru, and mm-hmm. and and. Uh, Bones goes, he cheated. And he yeah, goes, yeah. I improvised. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he reprogrammed he it reprogram- so you could win. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and then at the end, he had been, that whole movie, and you're like, I remember in the theater when that happened, I went, oh, this whole time they've been tricking. And then Ricardo Montalban's so awesome going, when he realized he's been tricked, mm-hmm. um, because he's so arrogant. I know, it was prosthetic chest almost it's prosthetic up. chest almost blew, which is great. I was always like, Mr. Rourke, is that ripped? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that's the thing. He tasks me. He tasks me. He was a great villain in Undiscovered Country when he's battling one-on-one with Christopher Plummer. It's great. Yeah. It's great. And there's references to Moby Dick and Shakespeare. Yes. There's, there weren't any, uh, there weren't, weren't, weren't as many uh, literary references in this film. Yeah, this thing is just, it's just action car chase in space. And it's, yeah. it's, it's fun. With some very attractive people. Such good looking mm-hmm. space people. Even the aliens. The aliens yeah. had curves and all the right alien yeah, exa- places. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, I don't know. It's like, 
is one of those things that in the moment I was having fun. Afterwards, when I started thinking mm-hmm. about it, I went, eh. I, I just want I want more from these movies. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. And I, again, I was a little more forgiving. I was like, okay, well, again, step in the right direction. Just we we still have a, a ways to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was still it was a summer tentpole movie. But I think that's part of the problem. A Star Trek movie doesn't need to be a summer tentpole blockbuster movie. It I, I really like to see it as more of an introspective, smaller budget. Again, can still have explosions, can still have action, but you don't you can have it a little more um <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Um cerebral, perhaps? Yeah, and ah. uh, and less actiony and less slick. I would like to see and I think it's possible and maybe I am just being naive <laughs> or I'm being uh you know delusional but i think it's possible to make a we talked about this in the last um in civil war civil war big budget tentpole movie had a great dilemma everybody is still trying to decide you understood both sides of that right. dilemma. You uh-huh. understood the moral dilemma. It was of, an actual dilemma. Yeah, it was an actual <laughs> dilemma. It wasn't just bad guys with a bomb. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think you could put the the moral dilemmas, the social commentary in a two hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. I think you could do it. And those were always Star Trek's best episodes. Yep. You know when it was it was right in the forefront. Um, now, I, I also have some optimism on a new rebooted Star Trek TV show. Maybe this is where we will get a little more, um, you know, a little more thoughtful plotting mm-hmm. and stories and all that stuff. And also, a new show will have a completely clean slate. You can create all new characters. And I'm not sure when the timeline is set for the new show, but mm-hmm. there's many, many different things you could, uh, you could do. And this kind of reminds me, too, of my one of my favorite Star Trek episodes. Even though Deep Space Nine was not my favorite series, it had one of my favorite um, episodes in it. And it was uh, Commander Sisko. He's alone in his quarters. He's speaking to the... He's making his captain's log about what's going on. There's a war going on. I don't know if you remember. Did you ever watch Deep Space Nine? A little bit. There was a fight against the Dominion, and they were pretty much winning. Mm-hmm. And they, they realized the only way to to even the odds was to get the Romulans into the war on their side because they remained neutral. So what uh, Cisco was trying to figure out is like, as he's um, doing the captain's log, he's telling about what happened to get the Romulans into the war. And what happened was uh, he basically used a criminal that was on the ship and forged a fake data cube talking about how the... Um, uh, the Dominion was going to double cross the Romulans, but it didn't exist. It wasn't real. Mm. And then they blew up a ship with, you know, other people on it. And the Romulans found the data cube and got them into the war. And the commander Cisco was talking about how um, morally, I don't even know if I could live with this. Can I live with this? Like I did this horrible thing, but it got the Romulans into the war on my side. On our side, and it's a very thoughtful and nuanced episode. Oh my god, I just said oh, nuanced. nuanced, yeah, nuanced episode. And he looks straight at the camera for a lot of it too, because he's recording the log, and he's like, "Can I live with this?" And he realized, "I can live with this." And then at the end of the episode, he goes, um, "Erase that entire log," <laughs> and then it was gone, and that's how the episode ends. So we can't live with it. I mean, that's great. 
And he wants there to be no record of what he did, because if that comes out, then the Romulans might back out of the alliance. Oh, man. And that's like, what a great... And this this movie, there's no... One guy's mad that he got left behind. Right. And, there's, no, there's no moral dilemmas in this film, really. I mean, and that's what basically it was missing. But yeah, I mean, it was a fun action film. Like, like I said, again, step in the right direction, but I want to see more. But it was... A vast improvement over I, even the the first one. I think I think this was actually a coherent film, uh, as opposed to the uh, the last two. Yeah. Even though I, you know, I loved seeing Spock in the first one. I mean, that's you, you got a sense of nostalgia for that when I was like, yeah. oh, that's so great. Um, yeah. So it made you overlook some of the other obvious plotting issues yeah. with the uh, with the first one. But yeah, so that's there's some okay know, parts of this stuff. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. I will definitely. Um, um, it'll go, I'll remember it as definitely one of the best of the three. Yeah. I don't know why my computer's go, go deeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, go deeper. Go deeper. So, uh, yeah, that's our show. Um, of course, uh, get the, uh, app, the comedy film nerds app and listen to the, what happened to the, co- the uh, Comic-Con episode. About 27 seconds of, yes. uh, <laughs> of setting up for an amazing episode that now no one that will hear. Happens. Um, <laughs> Also, uh, still a couple slots left if you want to come to the earbud screening at UTA, which is an agency in Beverly Hills. Uh, that is Tuesday, August 2nd at 7 p.m. Yep, it, it is free. Send us uh, an email at info at comedyfilmnerds.com. We will put you on the guest list like a big shot. Like a big shot. You can roll in like a big shot. Um, so uh, let us know that. And, of course, I'll be recording Pop Divas Monday, uh, August 8th at 6 p.m. at the Lab at the Hollywood Improv, 8162 Melrose Avenue in Hollywood. Um, that's a free show from 6 to 7, and there's drink specials and all kind of fun stuff. It's a cool uh, show to come watch. We record live. Uh, all right, Chris, that's our show. Go to LAPodFest.com, buy some PodFest tickets before they sell out. Uh, live stream, save $5 using coupon code CFN. Yes. Uh, the lineup is on the website. Um, it's pretty locked in. It's only a couple slots left. It's a pretty solid lineup. Um, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year, man. It'll be year five. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That's our show. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot first. first.